0: It's series 14 of our media cast. Stay tuned for the last 10 minutes where we overview our current, future, and past series. This one is on Euro 2024 qualifying. We're looking at Group B Poland, Czech Republic, Albania, Faroe Islands, and Moldova. Here we go. It's the international soccer preview by Soccer Files Canada. It's series 14. I'm Kevin, and I'm Connor. And today we are looking at Group E
1: for Euro 2024 qualifying. This group includes Poland, Czech Republic,
0: uh, Albania, Faroe Islands, and Moldova. Uh, that is right. And uh, we usually give some information about the media cast at this point, but we're going to save that for the end. So stay tuned at the end. Uh, We have information about uh, past, current, and upcoming series. And the African Cup 2024 qualifying is still relevant. So uh, it would be good to check that out. But meanwhile, let's get on with Euro 2024. Yeah, so this series features
1: a deep dive into the history of Euro Cup qualifying for each of the teams. And we'll cover the usual
0: information. Yeah, let's look at the three sections we'll cover in this uh, media cast. So part one, we're going to introduce the teams in the group. And part two, we'll do an in-depth team-by-team overview. That's the longest part, and it features the uh, Euro qualifying deep dive. And then part three will be um, a summary and comparison of teams, and we'll end with a discussion of their prospects and our predictions. All right. So uh, before we begin, uh, tell me
1: something that will get me excited about Group E.
0: (laughs) I have nothing. I have nothing, Connor. The, no hook no there's nothing exciting about this group all right well we'll. I guess we'll tell you why we feel that way <laughs> yeah I, I actually tried to work something out and I was just making up nonsense there's really <laughs> nothing nothing here to be excited about that's a terrible introduction to our podcast yeah well, we'll go through the histories and uh, you can always decide for yourself <laughs> yeah okay uh, yeah maybe something will come up as we go uh let's begin by overviewing the teams here uh so the country and their population uh, go ahead
1: all right so i'll begin with poland uh nicknamed the white and red or the polish eagles Uh poland... um and poland is a large country in central europe uh it's bordered by germany to the west uh czech republic and slovakia to the south and belarus
0: and ukraine to the east All right, well, they'll be playing their uh, southern neighbors then in in this uh, qualification, the Czech Republic. Yeah, we'll
1: talk about them next. Um, I didn't really find a notable nickname for them. Um, The Czech Lions or the national team came up, but I'm not sure if they're used that often. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, Czech Republic has 10.5 million people, and it's a landlocked uh, Central European country uh, surrounded by Germany, Poland, Slovakia, and Austria. All
0: right. Well, the third team is uh, Albania.
1: Yeah, their nickname is the Reds and Blacks. Uh, Their population is 2.8 million people. And it's uh, located on the South Adriatic Sea, directly across from the heel of Italy's boot. Um, So it's bordered by uh, Greece to the south and then also North Macedonia, Kosovo and Montenegro.
0: All right. Well, team number four is uh, Faroe Islands.
1: Faroe Islands, yeah, their nickname is the national team, but in Faroese. Uh, They're a tiny country of just 53,000 people. Um, And the Faroe Islands are a self-governing territory of Denmark. Um, And the Faroe Islands are a set of small islands north of Scotland, uh, about halfway towards Iceland. Okay. And finally, we have Moldova. Moldova, their nickname is the selection. Uh, They have a population of three million. um, It's very similar to that of Albania. Um, And it's a small country in Eastern Europe that's sandwiched between
0: uh, Romania and Ukraine. That's right. Okay. Well, we've uh, uh, talked about all four uh, separately, but let's look at them uh, in comparison to each other here. Yeah. So the largest country um,
1: is Poland with 38 million people. Um, It's a bit of a step down to Czech Republic, the next largest, uh, 10 and a half million and Poland's neighbors. Um, Albania and Moldova are around 3 million people each, Moldova slightly larger, and then finally we have Faroe Island with just uh, 53,000 people, uh, the smallest
0: country by, by some measure. Right, okay, uh, well that is actually the end of part one, so we're going to jump into part two, uh, the history of each team, and we'll start with uh, Poland here. So uh, their first international game was in 1921, and uh, we'll overview their participation and achievements. So they participated in the 1938 World Cup, but did not compete in their next qualification until 1958, uh, from which time they have participated consistently. And they've entered every Euro Cup from its beginning in 1960. Uh, Poland had a strong period in the World Cup from the mid-70s to the early 80s, twice finishing third, which is by far their best result. Uh, This strength, though, uh, barely reflected in Euro Cups, where they failed to qualify for uh, any of the Cups during that period, although they came close. Uh, Otherwise, they had a minor peak in the first decade of the millennium. But since then, and arguably even during that period, uh, they've been fairly unimpressive. They seem to be in the midst of a third peak right now, but unlike their strength in the 1970s, this and the peak around 2000 are defined by more consistent qualification rather than by impressive finishes. Um, As far as the Euro Cup goes, their first uh, entry uh, was Sorry, their first successful qualification was in 2008, and they've qualified uh, all four times since then, uh, passing the group stage only once there in 2016. Okay, let's uh, take a little bit of a closer look at their World Cup history.
1: Yeah, so Poland withdrew from uh, World Cup 1934, but qualified and participated in 1938, uh, where they lost their single game, um, a famous loss to Brazil. Uh, After that, they failed to qualify until 1974, but 1974 began a strong period where they reached four World Cups in a row, passing the group stage every time and finishing third in both 1974 and 1982. They disappeared from 1990 until 2002, um, which was the first of two successful qualifications in a row, though they didn't pass the group stage uh, despite convincing qualification runs. Uh, It was exactly the same in 2018 when a promising qualification run uh, delivered only a group stage
0: exit. Right, and uh, we'll take a closer look at the uh, 2022 campaign uh, in our recent uh, campaign section. Uh, but meanwhile, we move to an overview of the Euro cup. So it's amazing that they failed to reach the Euro cup during their strong period in the 1970s and early eighties, uh, three times in a row, they came close to qualifying, including finishing tied with, uh, the leader winners, Netherlands in 1976 and then one point behind Netherlands in 1980, uh, perhaps unlucky to have been grouped with the Dutch, who themselves were enjoying a strong period at that time. Uh, they also failed in the early 2000s despite reaching the World Cup twice in a row. And it took until 2008, though that would say, that would start, as we said earlier, a period of consistent qualification. Uh, only, in 19, only in 2016, though, did they pass the group stage, the quarterfinals there proving their best result in Euro Cup competition. All right, now we go into a deep dive of the Euro Cup qualifying history. Take it away. All right,
1: so Poland entered the first Euro Cup uh, in 1960, but were knocked out in the first round of two, uh, losing both legs to Spain. 1964 was worse, uh, losing both legs to Northern Ireland uh, in the first round of three.
0: Right, now 1968 started uh, the group stage qualification and they had a competitive campaign in the middle of the table, Uh, a tie in Luxembourg though damaged their campaign and they finished tied on points with Belgium but in third place behind them. In
1: 1972 Poland exchanged points with all three teams for a second place finish uh, behind West Germany who they tied at home, however only the top finisher reached the four-team tournament. 1974 saw them finish uh, third in the World Cup to initiate their strongest period and it showed in a competitive campaign in Euro 1976. They exchanged evenly with group winner Netherlands um, and with third place Italy but finished
0: second, tied for points with the Dutch but behind them on goal difference. All right, well 1980 was equally heartbreaking. Uh, They bested Netherlands but again finished just behind them. Uh, themselves bested by uh, third place East Germany. While they remained impressive in World Cup play until 1986, their 1984 Euro Cup campaign was ghastly. Uh, They bested Finland but otherwise managed only a draw with the USSR. uh, Portugal coming out of nowhere there to win the group. That third place finished uh, dropped to a fourth place finish in 1988. Despite exchanging points with everyone in the five team group, at one point uh, separated them in fourth place from second place Greece. 1992 began with a loss in England, but they went
1: undefeated after that. Two points separated first from third, but again they came
0: out on bottom. Uh, Ireland, who tied them 3-3 at home, was the second
1: place finisher.
0: Yes, 1996 saw the cup expand to 16 teams, but they weren't close to reaching it, uh, despite going undefeated at home. They finished in the middle of a tight pack in fourth place. In 2000, they finished tied on points with England. Um, uh, Sorry, I lost my spot there. Tied on points with England, but the points difference saw England take second place and the advancing spot. Poland were victims of a surprising Latvia in 2004, who took the second
1: place advancing spot, uh, Sweden winning their group as they uh, did in 2000 also. Uh, Finally, in 2008, they reached the cup. The campaign was not without its falters. They lost at home in their opener and on the road to Armenia, but they were otherwise undefeated and finished first in a massive 18 group, uh, one point ahead of
0: Portugal. Uh, that would bring steady qualifications for them, but uh, in 2012 it was earned by dint of hosting. Qualification became easier in 2016 because the Cup expanded to 24 teams, but a solid campaign saw them lose only one game uh, in the home of group winner Germany, so they advanced from that 16 group, uh, six team group ahead of Ireland and Scotland. All right, and now we are taking a close look at their most recent campaign, so um, Euro 2020.
1: Yeah, so Poland had a commanding uh, first-place finish in their easy qualifying group. Uh, They dropped points only in two consecutive games in the middle of the campaign, losing in fourth-place Slovenia and tying at home to second-place Austria, who finished six points behind them. Uh, Macedonia, Israel, and Latvia were the other teams in the group. In the tournament, they lost to Slovakia in their opener, but then tied Spain. They almost tied Sweden, which would not have been enough to advance, but suffered a last minute goal to cap a humiliating tournament, a last place in the group stage for a team that had come in as a second seed.
0: Hmm. Yeah, okay, let's uh, take a look at that World Cup campaign and see if that was any better in 2022.
1: So Poland were bested by group winner England and fourth place Hungary, but they finished second in the group stage due to consistency over Albania, Andorra and San Marino, winning all games against them. Second place brought them to a regional playoff uh, where they received a bye in the semifinal since Russia was disqualified following their invasion of Ukraine. So they beat Sweden in the playoff final to reach the cup. Another flat performance in the cup saw a goalless draw with Mexico, a win over Saudi Arabia and a loss to Argentina. However, they finished second in the group, um, but lost to France in the round of 16. Uh, perhaps unlucky to meet the finalists in their last two games.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Argentina and France, they <laughs> played in their last two games. That was a bit unlucky. Okay, and let's move on to uh, the 2023 UEFA Nations League uh, um, performance. And how did they do in that one? So Poland were in Group A, a uh, group with Netherlands,
1: Belgium, and Wales. Uh, They beat Wales home and away, but only collected one other point. That was a 2-2 draw in Netherlands. Um, They were also hammered 6-1 by Belgium. Mm. Um, So they finished third uh, in the group ahead of Wales, who had just a single point. Um, So overall, not, not great, but they will remain in League A for the next edition.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay, and then we're going to finish with just a quick look at their players here. So their top players, most notably uh, Robert Lewandowski of Barcelona, uh, are in or reaching their 30s, but probably have a tournament or two left in them. Uh, Wojciech Cezny is 32 years old and Arkudios Milak, uh, 29. Uh, Both of those uh, play for Juventus. Several of the more recognizable names are in their 30s, and their uh, changes to the starting lineup are on the way. They've already been rotating new players in, though, uh, but, and these may develop their reputations. However, they do play for some second-tier teams, clubs like uh, Schalke, Roma, and Aston Villa, but most play for third-tier clubs, uh, and they do seem to be losing some uh, quality overall. Uh, 23-year-old defender Jacob Kiwior, recently signed with Arsenal, but he sees little game time. And uh, 21-year-old Nikola Zaluski is with Roma, and those are uh, the two youngsters with the biggest club affiliations. All right, well, that brings us to the end of Poland and we move on to uh, Czech Republic. And uh, when we talk about Czech Republic, we actually are also going to talk about uh, Czechoslovakia too. So um, that is a pretty long history there. So we'll begin with their participation and achievements. Uh, The first international game for Czech Republic was 1994 and for Czechoslovakia it's uh, 1903. So they're actually one of the oldest teams in the world. Uh, Czech Republic's forebears Czechoslovakia is a team with a strong though intermittent record in soccer. Uh, They first entered the World Cup in 1934, which makes them a senior team, and they participated consistently uh, with the exception of 1950. They entered all Euro Cups from its beginning in 1960, and Czech Republic took over this record in 1996 for the Euro Cup and 1998 for the World Cup with no interruption. So uh, Czechoslovakia took second place in their first World Cup in 1938, and they did the same in 1962. Beyond that, however, they only qualified half the time and only two in six times between 1974 and 1994. In Euro Cup action, they qualified only three times, but they did well every time. Uh, winning the title in 1976 and taking third place twice in 1960 and 1980. While the 1960s saw a good result in both Cups, the mid to late 70s saw their best years in Euro Cup, but their worst period in World Cup play. Uh, Czech Republic has actually been poor in World Cup action, reaching it only once in 2006 and getting knocked out at the group stage there. Conversely, they've reached every Euro Cup with their best result, a second place finish, in their first entry in 1996. Okay, let's move on to a bit of a World Cup overview then.
1: So, Czechoslovakia did not enter the first World Cup in 1930, uh, but they took second place in 1934 and reached the quarterfinals. Um, both campaigns, though, were filled with drama. Um, they reached the quarterfinals also in 1938. Uh, they missed the first cup after the war, but qualified half the time from 1954 to 1994. They took second in 1962 and reached the quarterfinals in 1990, but qualified for only two of the six cups in between, falling at the group stage in both. Czech Republic have been poor, reaching their only World Cup in 2006, with a strong squad and great promise, but falling at the group stage. Um, and it is seriously misaligned with their successful Euro Cup record,
0: right? Uh, which we'll look at soon. Do you remember that squad for the Czech Republic in two thousand and six?
1: I do. I actually uh, kind of predicted them to win the tournament. Um, so uh, so strong was the squad, and so misplaced was my optimism.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I understand, but that's uh, that's pretty funny because they, yeah, they didn't perform well. And uh, yeah, the odd thing about Czech Republic is how um, misaligned their World Cup and uh, Euro Cup uh, performances are. So let's overview the Euro Cup here. So uh, reaching the first Euro Cup in 1960 is more of an achievement than the third place finish there. That's uh, because only four teams were involved in the final. It remained that way until 1980, uh, making it hard to reach and Czechoslovakia failed to do so over the next three campaigns. However, they won the last four-team edition of the Cup in 1976, which was their best result. Uh, They finished third in the first eight-team edition in 1980, but then didn't qualify after that. Thus, they never finished lower than third place in the three of nine tournaments that they reached. The tournament expanded to 16 teams in 1996, um, and to 24 teams in 2016. Czech Republic reached them all, passing the group stage four of seven times. They reached the final in their first campaign in 1996 and reached the semifinal in 2004. Every second cup, they're knocked out at the group stage. All right, so pretty interesting difference between Euro and uh, World Cup there, hey? Yeah. Let's take a deep dive into the Euro Cup qualifying history. So, the first cup in
1: 1960 saw Czechoslovakia pass three knockout rounds to reach the four team finals, beating Ireland, Denmark, and Romania. That would be their only appearance, though, until 1980. In 1964, they lost the first knockout round, uh, bested by
0: East Germany. Yeah, 1968 uh, saw the first group qualifying round, and they started well, beating all three opponents. They earned only a single draw in the following three games, though, but they would have finished first over Spain had they not lost at home to Ireland in their last game. Uh, 1968
1: started... Sorry, that should be 1972. That's right, 1972... Um, started with a home draw against the weak Finland, but they went on to win the next four games. It all came down to the final game where they needed only a draw in Romania to advance, but they lost and failed to reach the finals for the third time in a
0: row. Well, a solid campaign in 1976 uh, began with a loss in England, but it ended up with a title win in the cup. Uh, Winning the qualifying table only got them to a playoff round where they bested USSR. Uh, first place in the group was enough to directly qualify for the newly expanded tournament in the in 1980, the following tournament. And they did so uh, winning all games, except for an away loss to second place France. And uh, 1984 featured just one loss, but ties with all four other teams in the group including Cyprus, meant a third place finish, although it was ahead of Italy.
1: Another tight finish in 1988 saw them sandwiched between group winners Denmark and Wales. Their only loss was away to last place Finland, costing them the campaign. 1992 was the last tournament for Czechoslovakia, but France handed them two of their three losses, condemning them to
0: second place, though ahead of Spain. Right, um, well, Czech Republic came into being for the newly expanded cup of 16 teams in 1996, and they would go on to qualify for every cup in stark contrast to their World Cup record, uh, where they qualified only for one cup. Uh, in 1996, a very tight six-group team, or sixteen group, I should say, ended with the top three separated by just one point. Uh, Czech Republic won all games at home, but did themselves no favors on the road, tying Malta and losing their only game in Luxembourg. And yet they finished on top of that three-way tie. Um, they would go on uh, in that tournament to lose in the final in extra time. Yeah, that was the West Germany. Yeah, okay.
1: Uh, do you remember it? I actually don't. Yeah, I uh, I looked it up, but I, I remember also that West Germany won in England um, you know, kind of deepening that rivalry between Germany and England. Right, okay.
0: Uh, 2000
1: uh, seems impressive, winning all games um, until the quality of the opponents is revealed. Scotland finished second and Estonia in third in a decidedly weak group. But they remained almost as consistent in 2004,
0: suffering only a draw in Netherlands to take top spot again. Yes, well, uh, Germany was expected to win the large seven-team qualifying group in 2008, but despite losing to them at home, uh, Czech Republic's consistency saw them through in first place. 2012 was much weaker, though. Uh, They struggled uh, in the campaign, uh, which opened with a home loss to Lithuania, and they finished, in the end, 11 points shy of Spain, though in second place. So that earned them a playoff spot which they comfortably won over Montenegro to keep their perfect record of uh, qualifying for the Euro Cup intact.
1: 2016 saw them lose to both second place Iceland and third place Turkey but they won the group winning all other games except for a, a shameful home draw
0: with Latvia. Yeah, last place Latvia. Okay, well let's uh, take a closer look at their most recent campaign in 2020.
1: So Czech Republic won all games at home, uh, even beating uh, group winners England, Um, it was solid enough to comfortably take second in qualifying despite losing on the road to Kosovo and Bulgaria. Uh, Their only points um, on the road were a win over last place Montenegro. In the tournament they opened with the win over Scotland, featuring a stunning goal from the halfway line. Uh, do you remember that
0: yeah i do for sure by uh patrick schick that's right
1: um and then they tied croatia before losing to england which caused them to finish third uh third in the group stage um on the bottom of a a two-way tie for second with croatia Um, however it was enough to advance um surprisingly they beat a a steamrolling netherlands in the round of 16 before falling
0: to denmark uh, in the quarterfinals All right, that's the 2020 Euro Cup and we'll move on to the World Cup where strangely they never qualify. Let's see if they did this time.
1: So it was a competitive campaign, um, but uh, it ended up being third place in the qualifying group, uh, tying at home and losing away to Belgium and Wales. Um, So both those teams finished ahead of them, um, but the otherwise won uh, their games over Estonia and Belarus. Um, their 2020 uh, 2021 Nations League record, however, earned them a spot in the playoffs, but they lost at the semi final stage in
0: extra time to Sweden. All right, so yet another failed campaign for the World Cup. And um, we'll finish here with uh, a look at their 2022 23 UEFA Nations League. They were in League A there. Yeah,
1: they were in League A, and it started promisingly with a, a win over Switzerland and then a, a tie at home to Spain. But they lost their remaining four games. Um, Portugal was also in the group, um, so they actually finished bottom in League A and will be and have been relegated to League B for the next edition.
0: Mm, well, that doesn't bode well for
1: uh, for this campaign, does it? No, but um, their Euro campaigns, just going through their history, they they are impressive with a lot of first place finishes as well. I,
0: I was quite impressed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really shocking the difference between that and the World Cup campaign. It's as if it's a different country. Okay, well, we'll finish with a look at their players. So uh, the veterans actually have surprisingly very few caps. Uh, players ranging from 28 to 30 years old have only around 35 caps. 28 uh, year old uh, uh, Suchek being the exception with 57 caps. Both he and Vladimir Kufal play with West Ham uh, in England and that represents uh, their biggest club affiliation um, uh, except probably Patrick Schick of Bayer Leverkusen uh, and Antonin Barak playing for Fiorentina um, there. So half of their main players are with Slavia Prague, that's the, the biggest team in the Czech Republic. And while it is a respectable team and actually might mean good cohesion on the national team, uh, it's a far cry from 2006, where they had players with top European clubs. In terms of youth, uh, 20-year-old Adam Hlozak, also a Bayer Leverkusen, and 24-year-old Alex Kral of Schalke uh, seen their best prospects. All right, and that brings us to the end of the uh, Czech Republic, so we move on to Albania and we'll just overview their participation and achievements. Their first international game was in 1946, and they first entered the Euro Cup in its second edition in 1964, and the World Cup from 1966. Actually, their entry was not accepted by FIFA in 1970, and they missed three tournaments in a row, World Cup and Euro Cup, from 1976 to 1980. uh, since participated consistently, they were weak in their early years, but their worst period uh, was 1988 to 90, where they won no games over two back-to-back uh, back-to-back qualifying campaigns. Uh, but Albania's is a history of steady improvement, and it's more visible in Euro Cup play than in World Cup action. They've only recently been finishing in the top half of the table, and their best result reaching the Euro Cup in 2016 was not because the Cup had expanded to 24 teams. Uh, It was because of their performance. And although they haven't matched that second place finish in the qualifying table since, they have regularly been finishing in the top half of the table in recent times. Okay, let's go to a bit of a closer look at their World Cup history.
1: So from Albania's first World Cup in 1966 until recently, uh, they've usually finished at the bottom of the table. Two campaigns in the 1980s saw them finishing second last, but aside from that, the unwanted pattern continued until 2002. They have improved since finishing mostly second last until 2018 when they finished third of six. Until 2006, they usually earned three to five points in each campaign by tying or beating third tier teams. In 2006, uh, they jumped to 13 points. Some good results became the norm with ties against higher quality teams, especially in 2010, and they've become since become competitive with third tier teams, finishing in the top half of the table in
0: both 2018 and 2022. All right. Well, in Euro Cup qualifying, they uh, were weak. It's pretty much the same pattern here, uh, weak in the early years, but the last time they finished bottom of a group there uh, was in 1992. Uh, since then, they have impressed with some good results at the game level, but only in 2008 did they avoid second last place. Uh, as we saw, 2016 was their most impressive campaign, and regardless of the Euro Cup expanding, uh, they reached it going undefeated on the road and finishing in second ahead of Denmark, not even requiring a playoff to qualify for the Cup. However they were knocked out at the group stage there, but they did beat and finish third over Romania. 2020 was a step back though, finishing fourth of six in their qualifying group and uh, not reaching the cup. So we take a deep dive into the Euro Cup qualifying history. So Albania did not enter the first Euro
1: Cup in 1960, but they did enter the second. They faced Greece in the first of three knockout rounds. And advance when their neighbors to the southeast withdrew. They lost four nothing in Denmark in the first round of the second leg, and won one, and winning one nothing at home did not earn them much joy as they went out on goal difference. That would arguably be their
0: most competitive campaign until the next century. All right, I'm going to get all academic on you here. 1968 would also see a Pyrrhic victory. That's actually the region from where that term originates, uh, where their only point was a tie with West Germany in the final game to spoil uh, West Germany's campaign. 1972 saw a similar game level uh, or saw similar game level wins at home, a tie with Poland and a win over Turkey, but for the same bottom of the table result. And in 1976 and 1980, as in the World Cup in between, uh, they didn't enter.
1: For Albania, it was more of the same in 1984 with home ties against West Germany and Turkey. Uh, But in 1988, they did not even enjoy game level success and finished bottom of the table again. A home win over Iceland were their only points in 1992. This would be their uh, their last finish at the bottom of the table though uh in euro
0: cup qualifying yeah uh 1996 was more competitive uh two wins over moldova and a home draw with bulgaria meant that they could avoid uh last place by not losing to wales in the last game they tied and finished amidst the bottom three separated by one point uh wales at the bottom there believe it or not um Yeah, not Moldova as one might expect. Moldova finished in fourth place there.
1: Wow. Uh, 2000 saw them take points off all teams except second place Slovenia, and again finished second last ahead of Georgia. Uh, 2004 saw them undefeated at home, but losing all on the road. Once again, finishing second last ahead of Georgia. In 2008, Albania earned two wins over Luxembourg and draws with all but the top two, uh, that being Romania and Netherlands, they finished fifth of seven in the group, tied on points with Slovenia who were below them.
0: All right. Well, 2012 began and ended by drawing Romania, uh, but a poor record, uh, including a loss in Luxembourg, saw them finishing second last once more. However, 2016 was a remarkable campaign, beginning with a win in Portugal, who they lost to only on an injury-time goal in the reverse fixture, uh, to finish second in the group behind Portugal, but ahead of Denmark, who they bested. So this qualified them automatically for their first cup. Yeah, amazing. All right. What's that? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, let's see how they held up in the uh, 2020 Euro Cup.
1: Well, unfortunately for Albania, they were not competitive with the top half, uh, despite a home win over third-place Iceland. Uh, But they lost both their games to France and Turkey, who got the two automatic spots. They dominated Moldova and Andorra to finish fourth, but suffered an embarrassing home draw with the latter. Um, That home draw with Albania coming in uh, their second-to-last game. Or home draw with Andorra.
0: Andorra, yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, I guess it was a bit much to expect them to... uh, to finish second again, but still a bit of a disappointing result. Let's see if it was any better in the 2022 World Cup. So despite entering as a fourth seed, um, they finished third uh, in the 16 group
1: stage, winning all the games against the teams below, including third seed at Hungary, but losing uh, all games to the teams above, uh, that being England and uh, Poland. So third place, but they did miss out on the uh, the playoff spot, though only by two points behind Poland.
0: Yeah, a pretty respectable campaign, and actually Hungary has proven uh, pretty good in recent times, so uh, finishing ahead of them is quite good. Uh, Let's take a look at the uh, 2022-23 UEFA Nations League, they were in group, uh, sorry, in League B there. Yeah, they
1: were in League B, they were grouped with Israel, Iceland and Russia, um, but Russia was disqualified after the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine. So although Albania picked up just uh two points, um tying both against Iceland, but losing both against Israel, um they remained in League B because Russia's disqualification meant uh Russia was relegated in last place and not them. Right.
0: Okay, well let's finish with uh, kind of a look at the players, an overview, I guess. And uh Uh, Okay, well, the recent uh, selection for the March 2023 qualifiers had only one player with a domestic club, Uh, though few of them uh, play for first or even second tier European clubs. They do have goalkeeper Thomas uh, Strakosha. Uh, He's a backup keeper at Brentford in England, and Barrett uh, Jim City uh, at Atalanta in Italy. Uh, also, Captain uh, Amir Abrashi is at Grasshoppers, uh, a respectable club in Switzerland. Uh, more promising is the incoming youth, uh, 21-year-old Armando Broja at Chelsea and 21-year-old Christian a- a- Aslani. Uh, he's on loan at Inter Milan and 23-year-old Marash Kumbula uh, is at Roma in Italy. What do you think, Conor?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, we saw some improved performance in the most recent World Cup campaign. And if they, they do get a couple young players coming up together, um, you know, that could bode well for them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, well, promising times ahead for Albania. We'll talk at the end whether we think they're going to challenge uh, in this campaign. But we're going to move on with the history to uh, Faroe Islands beginning with their participation and achievements, So unofficially, they played their first international matches uh, since 1930, but officially their first match was their first qualification game in Euro 1992. Actually, uh, would you mind checking that out on Wikipedia? Because I think they may have uh, uh, nominated a game before that as their first official one. Anyway, uh, we'll stick with that until Connor gets back to us here. Uh, Euro 1992, their first official game, and they've participated consistently since. They've never qualified for a tournament and have never finished in the top half of the table, always finishing last or second last in their group. And their groups have always been uh, made up of five teams or more. They have only two campaigns where they lost all games. That's the 1994 World Cup uh, qualification campaign and their uh, 2008 Euro Cup qualification run. Their 2018 World Cup campaign was their best, though fortuitously grouped with the weak Latvia and Andorra. They bested both and earned a draw with Hungary besides to finish fourth of sixth. Uh, But uh, campaigns have since returned to weakness uh, since that 2018 campaign. All right, well, uh, Faroe Islands, their first official match did come before
1: Euro 1992 qualifying, and it was in 1998 in a match against Canada. You um, mean 1988? 88, sorry, oh. thank you. 1988, it was a match against Canada, and uh, Faroe oh. Islands won.
0: What? That's outrageous. Yeah, good I for that, won were...
1: nothing over Canada. We're a stronger team now, though.
0: <laughs> we should have just left it at Euro 1992 there. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go to a World Cup overview.
1: So, uh, that fourth of sixth result in 2018 followed three campaigns where they finished last. Uh, they finished second last the other half of the time Account their progress at the game level, though their goals, uh, their goals against count from campaign to campaign is also a measure of their strength or weakness. Most points have, be earned, have been earned against low-level teams. Uh, with the draw against Austria, their only result really above that.
0: Okay, well, let's take a look at the Euro Cup uh, overview. And it was also Austria who fell victim to them in their first official match, or actually in their first game of the 1992 campaign. So I feel a bit better about Canada because they they beat Austria in their first official or their first qualifying match. Um, yeah, so that was a 1992 Euro campaign, which they uh, they won their first game, and that establishes immediately a better record in Euro qualifying compared to the World Cup campaigns. Um, in most campaigns here, they took points off uh, teams usually of similar level, uh, but they do have some scalps here, uh, climaxing with two wins over Greece in 2016. Uh, They were the only points of that campaign, and it never amounted to a good result, uh, really, at the campaign level. Uh, They've never risen above second last in Euro Cup qualification. right. so now let's uh, take our deep dive into Faroe Islands' uh, Euro Cup qualifying history. So, as
1: mentioned, their first Euro tournament in 1992 began with a bang. Not only did they beat Austria at home, but they tied in Northern Ireland in their third game, perhaps that raised expectations. Uh, they would be a competitive team, but they lost their next game, seven, nothing and all games after not scoring again and finishing bottom of the table.
0: Yeah. 1996, uh, spared them the fate uh, of finishing at the bottom as they were grouped with, uh, an even weaker team, San Marino, uh, two wins over them were the only points of the campaign though. In 2000, uh, they were competitive at the game level, tying Scotland, also tying Bosnia-Herzegovina and Lithuania, but it was more admirable still in that they lost no games by more than a two goal margin, except for, the first, uh, except for the first game, which was against the unlikely Estonia. Uh, their goals against record was a respectable 1.7 goals allowed per game.
1: 2004 opened with another draw against Scotland, uh, their neighbours directly to the south, but that would be the only point they would get for a last place finish far behind Lithuania. 2008 was their worst campaign, losing all 12 games in the 17 group. Again grouped with Lithuania, they finished behind them and 6th place Georgia. Their goals record was a dismal uh, 3.58 goals against per game the only time they've gone above three uh, since their first two campaigns.
0: Yeah, that is uh, three and a half goals a game. Uh, not so good. Okay. 2012 saw a tie with Northern Ireland and a win over second place finishers Estonia, uh, both of them at home. Uh, but it was still a last place finish in the group. Uh, and 2016, um, they finished out of last place ahead of Greece who they beat twice for their only points of the campaign. All right, and we'll go directly to the uh, Euro Cup 2020 qualifying campaign. That's their most recent in the Euro Cup. Yeah, and this campaign was poor.
1: Uh, they finished fifth of six in their qualifying group ahead of Malta, who they exchanged home wins with, um, but they only finished ahead of them um, on away goals. Um, a poor campaign, um, Meant that they took no points off spain sweden norway or romania however they didn't have a respectable goals against record of 2.6 per game
0: yeah and i'm just noticing that we'll have to take that away from them too because it was actually uh uh three goals uh, against per game so not a good goals record in mm. that campaign either okay let's uh, move on and see if they did any better in uh, world cup 2022 qualifying uh, so, Faroe Islands bested Moldova, who
1: they meet again here, to finish fifth in the qualifying group ahead of them, but they otherwise lost all their games uh, to Denmark, Scotland, Israel, and Austria.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, finally, we look at the 2022-23 UEFA Nations League campaign. They were actually in League C there, so a step above League D. Yeah,
1: um, and... They lost their first two games away to Turkey and home to Luxembourg, but they actually went undefeated in their remaining four home wins with uh, Lithuania um, and Turkey, 2-1 in their final game, um, bookended um, away draws with Luxembourg and Lithuania. So it was a record of two wins, two draws, and two losses. Um, That put them third out of four, um, but only five points behind first place Turkey, um, and they will remain
0: in League C for the upcoming edition. Yeah, I think uh, League C is a pretty good achievement for them. Okay, and let's finish with a a look at their players. So uh, those who do not play in the Faroe Islands, which is more than half of them, play for little-known teams uh, in other Nordic countries. So the biggest affiliation on the squad seems to be 19-year-old Martin Agnarsson, who plays for Viborg in Denmark. Uh, Veteran keeper Gunnar Nielsen played one game for manchester city in 2010 uh that was on the eve of man city becoming a big club interesting yeah he was uh subbed in for shea given i think wow all right well let's move on to uh moldova the last team in the group here and um we'll begin with participations and achievements uh, that first international game was actually in 1930 uh, from 1930 to 1938 they were part of romania and from 1950 to 1990 part of the ussr so to be honest i'm not sure how that uh, first international game in 1930 fits in exactly uh, anyway they played their first international um I guess uh, after that period, their first international in July, 1991, but that was actually a bit too late to enter the 1994 World Cup. So their first tournament entry was for the Euro 1996. And then they joined the World Cup in 1998 and they participated uh, consistently in both from that time. Uh, They've never qualified for a major tournament and generally finished one to two points out of last place. Uh, only in two campaigns did they finish third from the bottom or better. And both of these were Euro Cup, Euro cup qualification campaigns. And they generally proved more competitive in Euro Cup play uh, than in World Cup action. Uh, Connor's going to give us a bit of a World Cup overview here.
1: So in, in World Cup play, um, they've actually finished last in their group in five of their seven campaigns. Their first campaign in 1998 saw them losing all games, but they were much more competitive in 2002, taking points in four of their 10 matches. A smattering of points, usually in the form of draws and, and not enough to lift them out of last place, describes their usual campaign, and these points can be stolen from second tier teams like Poland and Scotland. Recent campaigns have been weaker, with fewer points and seeing them struggling with even the weakest teams in the region. All right, well,
0: as we said, uh, Euro Euro Cup play is a bit better, usually finishing above last place. In contrast to their first World Cup campaign in 1998, where they would lose all matches, uh, they finished third in 1996 ahead of Albania and Wales. And though that was a high standard to expect, they did earn more points over the next few campaigns than in World Cup play. Uh, 2000 being the only campaign until recent times where they finished last in the group. Uh, 2008 was their best year and they were competitive in the bottom half of the table, uh, once again rising to third from the bottom. And 2016 saw only two draws, uh, though, uh, and a single win in 2022 left them bottom of the table in both campaigns, uh, behind a weak team in each case, which we'll take a closer look at. Uh, in our deep dive here. So their first campaign was in 1996 for the Euro cup. Take it away. Yeah.
1: Prior to that, Moldova was part of the USSR, um, and actually in 1992, it competed as part of a post USSR Confederacy called the Commonwealth of independent States. Um, but that, uh, organization, uh, as a soccer entity, at least was short lived. So 1996 was their first uh, tournament as an independent nation. And Moldova started with a bang, winning their first game in Georgia and their second in Wales. However, they lost all games after that until the last one uh, where they again beat Georgia. Ironically, they finished in fourth behind Georgia, but uh, one point ahead of both Albania and Wales, um, Wales suffered their worst campaign of their
0: history there. Mm -hmm. Yeah uh okay well uh, that set a high bar and they were unable to meet that over the next two campaigns Uh, still four draws over their 10 games in 2000 was respectable it included home and away draws with northern ireland and uh, in the last game a draw with turkey who would have otherwise tied Germany at the top of the table. So they kind of spoiled Turkey's campaign there. Uh, as far as it was for Moldova, though, it was a last place finish, uh, but only one point back of Northern Ireland. 2004 saw them getting only two results over their eight games,
1: but they were both wins, uh, including at home to Austria. That left them fourth of fifth uh, above Belarus, who they also beat at home. 2008 was their best result. It seemed more like their World Cup campaigns at first, with only two draws over their first eight games, including a disappointing home draw with Malta. But they won three of their last four games, tying the other, to finish fifth of seven behind Bosnia-Herzegovina, who they bested, um, but ahead of Hungary, one point separating those
0: three teams. Okay, well, 2012 uh, opened with a, a home win over Hungary, but otherwise the only points they managed there were home and away wins over the weak San Marino. So they finished second last, a point behind Finland there. And 2016 was a weak campaign. Uh, The only good result there was a tie in Russia. They were bested by the weak Liechtenstein and finished last of six below them. And we'll take a close look at the Euro 2020 uh, campaign. So the only points um, Moldova uh, picked up was a
1: home win over an, an improving Andorra, but shamefully they lost to them away and finished last in the qualifying group behind them. Um, they ended with a goals record of four scored and 26 against with France, Turkey, Iceland and Albania,
0: who they meet here, uh, the other teams in the group. Yeah, that's not a bad uh, a, a goals against, 2.6 a game. Uh, okay, but it is bad to finish behind uh, Andorra, and I think they finished behind Liechtenstein uh, in 2016, so uh, not looking good. Let's see if it got any better in uh, 2022 for their World Cup qualifying campaign. Yeah,
1: where we know they're weaker. Um, they tied their opening game at home to Faroe Islands, um, but they lost all games after that and finished last of a six in the qualifying group, uh, Denmark, Scotland, Israel, and Austria. Uh, were the other four teams um, um, here they conceded an average of three goals against per game so a bit worse
0: yeah yeah and another finish behind a weak team uh well they are in league d in uh 2022-23 UEFA nations league uh, how did they fare yeah so that's the the lowest tier
1: um they actually did not bad um they the teams in their group were latvia Andorra, and Liechtenstein. And they finished with four wins, a draw and a loss. That was actually an identical record to Latvia, um, who they exchanged um, actually away wins with. Um, But they finished behind them on goal difference. So it was a second place finish out of four. Uh, They'll remain in League D for
0: the next edition. All right. And we'll finish with a a look at their players here. Uh, Half of their players are with domestic clubs in Moldova and several play in neighboring Romania and Ukraine. A few play further afield in Greece or Italy, but none of them are with big clubs. Uh, The biggest club affiliation uh, is defender Oleg uh, Ripsuic. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. Uh, Anyway, a player with uh, Olympiakos in Greece um, Torpedo Moscow and Spal in in Italy and Modena in Italy uh, and Sion in Switzerland are the next biggest clubs uh, that their players play for. So nothing really of great promise here. Hey, yeah, yeah. Difficult to pick any one individual player out. Yeah. So they used to be a bit of a spoiler team, I think uh, Moldova, but have kind of fallen. Um kind of fallen uh, I would say but uh, we'll get to that in our discussion we're going to move on to part three of the uh, of the media cast and we begin uh, by comparing the teams according to their rankings
1: yeah so um, their rankings
0: um, for the
1: the POTS was determined by their most recent Nations League results Um, Poland um, was 11th in UEFA at the time but that actually put them in pot one, um, Germany was also in that uh, pot with their host, they qualified automatically. So that's why they were 11th overall but still in the first 10 team pot. Um, anyways, uh, their uh, FIFA ranking is currently 22nd and it's 25th uh, in ELO. Poland were as high as uh, a sixth in the FIFA rankings in, in June 2017 and uh, 13th in ELO. Um, but recently around the 20th mark is, is a bit more representative of where they've been.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, just three points behind, uh, is Czech Republic three points behind in the ELO rankings at least. Yeah.
1: Um, Czech Republic are 38th in FIFA, but higher in ELO at twenty Um, they've actually mostly been higher in ELO for much of the last several years. Um, where their FIFA rank has kind of bounced around the 40s, but they've been in the 30s in ELO. So behind
0: Poland, uh,
1: as you mentioned.
0: Yeah, yeah, Poland uh, kind of reaching World Cups uh, more regularly there. Uh, how about Albania at
1: uh, pot three? So they were 27th in UEFA at the time of the draw, which kind of puts them right in the middle of the pack. Uh, their current world ranking is 66th in FIFA,
0: 72nd in ELO. Um, And that's been pretty consistent for the last several years. Yeah, so that kind of leaves them in an isolated group uh, behind the top two, but uh, fairly well ahead of the next two. Yeah, so Faroe Islands were
1: 41st in UEFA, but that was good enough for Pot 4. Their ranking actually was ahead of teams like Slovakia and Northern Ireland, um, who were both Pot 5 teams. Um, Their world ranking is 123rd in FIFA, 134th in ELO. They actually did break um, into the top 100 um, between 2016 and 2018 in the FIFA rankings, uh, but they've always been lower in, in Elo, where 134th, which is their current, is actually kind of their all-time high.
0: Yeah, to me, they seemed a bit uh, over, uh, overrated in the uh, FIFA rankings there, or maybe it's more that Moldova uh, seem a bit underrated. How, how do they look? Moldova were 51st out of...
1: Um, or in UEFA uh, out of 55 teams. So there's just four below them. Um, their world ranking is 174th in FIFA, 153rd in ELO. It's only about 20 places different from Faroe Islands and ELO, but a full 50 places lower than them in the in the FIFA rankings. Um, and uh, yeah, their FIFA ranking has, has kind of consistently seen them in that like
0: 150 to 170th mark um, for at least the last five years. Yeah, but they were uh, uh, looking good around uh, 2014. They're almost breaking the uh, 100 mark in ELO rankings and actually breaking it in FIFA rankings. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, we mentioned kind of their recent
1: form as being a bit of a fall, so that that is what we're seeing there in the rankings. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, well, we're going to go through the uh, head-to-head records in, uh, in each of these, and uh, we'll kind of um, leave Czechoslovakia Uh, out of it here and just uh, focus on the modern ones. So we're uh, organizing this in terms of who has the winning record. Uh, So we begin with Poland.
1: Yeah, so Poland uh, has a record of six wins and two draws against Albania, no losses.
0: Yeah, their last meeting was actually recently in the 2022 World Cup qualifying round. Uh, Poland won both legs there. Uh, Poland have
1: never met the Faroe Islands, um, but they have played Moldova four times, winning three and
0: drawing one. Yeah, last time was in 2014 World Cup qualifying, so not that relevant. Uh, let's move on to Czech Republic.
1: Czech Republic has a winning record against Poland, um, but it's close. Two wins and
0: one loss from the three meetings. That's right. They exchanged uh, wins in 2020, 2010 World Cup qualifying and last met in uh, 2012. The 2012 Euro Cup.
1: Uh, Czech Republic have not previously played Albania. They've played Faroe Islands four times and won all four.
0: Yeah, and most recently in in the year 2000, so a long time ago.
1: And then Czech Republic have met Moldova twice and have won both of those matches.
0: Yeah, that was in 2004, and they won uh, one of those games five nothing. All right, moving on to Albania.
1: Uh, Albania have never met Faroe Islands. this will be their first time, but they have met Moldova four times and have a, a perfect record.
0: Yeah, uh, four wins there, and two of them were in the 2020 Euro Cup qualifying uh, not long ago, and uh, they won two, nothing and four nothing there.
1: And then Faroe
0: I- yeah. Islands um, have met Moldova
1: um, twice. Um, Faroe Islands has a better record of a win in the
0: draw. Yeah, and that was very recently in 2022 World Cup qualifying where we saw that uh, uh, that allowed Faroe Islands to um, finish ahead of Moldova. Moldova last place in that group. Okay, let's take a look um, at uh, the odds. And we'll actually begin with uh, the pots that they came from. Yeah, so I guess two things stand out.
1: First is that... Poland are bottom of pot one and Czech Republic are near the top of pot two, so they're actually pretty even in terms of, of their pots and their UEFA rankings. And then the second thing that stands out is that Albania, Faroe Islands and Moldova all come from the bottom half of their pots, so are kind of considered you know weaker teams uh, from their pots. Faroe Islands and Moldova in particular are both second bottom uh, in their pots, um, so I think it it points to um probably weaker teams overall in this group
0: yeah that gives us uh, some justification for not being able to come up with a theme have we thought of one yet
1: no but maybe one will emerge
0: with our uh, our discussion yeah i i did feel like through the uh through the histories there that there are a couple of teams here that perform a bit better in euro cup or sometimes a lot better in euro cup qualifying than in uh uh world cup qualifying so that may make it a bit more interesting Hmm. Okay, let's take a look at the odds. Um, so Poland and
1: Czech Republic um, are close as you'd expect, but Czech Republic are given the edge. They're given a 54% chance to win the group and Poland uh, just 45%, so actually a little bit back. Um, as far as the other three teams go, Albania have just a 7.8% chance of winning the group, but that's uh, quite a bit higher than the 0.1% chance given to both <laughs> Faroe Islands and Moldova. Yeah,
0: Uh, okay, Um, well, maybe that's a good place to start our discussion, and Conor, do you agree that uh, Czech Republic is favored over Poland here?
1: I I actually don't agree. Um, I know Czech Republic are a very strong Euro qualification team, often winning their groups ahead of stronger teams, but um, even though Poland, we we commented, they were a little bit flat in the World Cup, but they still did get to the last 16, Um, and I think they do have um, you know, some of their top players have another tournament or two in them still. So um, I favor Poland in that
0: regard. But um, yeah, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I think I do agree with you. Uh, Poland have, uh, you know, uh, better club affiliations. I don't like to put too much down to that. But uh, but they really do, Lewandowski especially. Uh, as you say, Czech Republic uh, is better, so may provide more of a challenge in the Euro Cup here. Uh, than they might in the World Cup. I don't know why that is, but it's 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 so strongly established that we have to expect it. Um, uh, and Poland is kind of, uh, uh, as you say, kind of flat in tournaments. But I think that is a problem that that will will maybe be left until the tournament. In qualifying, they're very solid, uh, so I think it would be difficult for Czech Republic to dethrone them here. But it could be a good battle between them. Hmm. Yeah. However,
1: it is the top two that advance automatically. So perhaps a bit academic. Do you see any challenge from Albania
0: um, as a pot three team? No, I don't. I mean, we we saw in uh, in the in the rankings that Albania is really kind of in in isolated in the middle of the group. So. Um... Albania do get some spoiler results and their squad is looking a little better. So it wouldn't shock me if they steal a point, but generally they steal points from, um, uh, third tier teams kind of Poland and Czech Republic are kind of on the edge of the quality of clubs, uh, that, or, or teams that Albania steals points from. It's usually not top teams or second tier teams. So, um, I think it might be a bit of a surprise uh, for Albania to steal some points here. How about you?: I think they're capable of getting um, you know getting
1: a draw against one of these two teams, so they could have an effect on on first place, but I, I don't see more than that, and I don't see it being sustained enough to mount a realistic challenge
0: to either Poland or Czech Republic. Yeah, definitely. I can't see them finishing uh, second in the group, even if they do steal a point. If they do steal a point, uh, that could affect matters at the top quite a bit. So they could uh, play spoiler here if that's the case. Uh, do you think the uh, either of the two bottom teams will, will challenge Albania for third place? Um, I really
1: don't see it. I, I mean, as a as I see them less capable of taking points off Poland and Czech Republic. Um, but I don't see either of them besting Albania or really even beating them. Um, Faroe Islands and Moldova um, have had some, you know, okay results in recent campaigns, but it's usually a game here or there and it's not sustained. And, and arguably, um, you know, both teams are, are kind of at weaker points than they've been in the past when they, when they were able to kind of mount a good campaign. Um, so Faroe Islands did have a decent Nations League recently. It should be mentioned they beat Turkey um, at home. Um, but realistically, I don't see them jumping up into third or even really challenging for third.
0: Yeah, I me mean, neither. I mean, you're right. It is good that they've stayed in uh, UEFA Nations League C for a couple of seasons there. But uh, the, the thing too is I think Faroe Island and Moldova may be stealing points off each other, which would make it that much harder for them to uh, to mount a challenge against Albania. And Albania is pretty strong, uh, pretty consistent against uh, weaker teams there. So um, I don't see uh, any any movement between uh, the bottom two and third place. Uh, how about the bottom two themselves? Uh, Faroe Islands did finish ahead of Moldova in 2022, but Moldova um, historically is a bit of a stronger team. What do you see happening there?
1: I, I see Faroe Islands being the better team. Um, and and finishing fourth over Moldova. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm I'm strongly favoring them. But Faroe Islands, they do seem to beat, you know, with decent regularity, some of the the very feeble teams, San Marino, um, you know, Gibraltar, teams like that, Andorra. And and that's elevated them to Nations League C level. I think Moldova are in that category now of a feeble team. Um, I mean, even in UEFA rankings, they're in the bottom five grouped in with Andorra, San Marino, Malta. Um, So I I don't see Moldova um, finishing ahead of Faroe Islands, though, again, the the games between them could be competitive.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, It would require a a recovery in Moldova's form uh, to finish ahead of Faroe Islands here. And we looked at the squads uh, briefly. I don't see anything in Moldova squad that really would would uh improve the form that they've been showing now for for several campaigns so we saw they finished not only behind Faroe Islands but uh um I can't remember who it was Liechtenstein and Andorra was it yeah you know finishing behind those groups so uh it really would would require a jump in their form so um yeah I agree with you on that one but uh, I feel that you haven't been clear at all. Uh, your opinions are going in every which direction, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to pin you down, Connor. Here and say, give it to me straight. How is this group going to turn out? Well, we talked about this group perhaps not having much of a surprise, not much of a hook, um,
1: and I see the group basically finishing in pot order. Poland, the head of Czech Republic, though those being kind of the undisputed top two, then Albania is third. Um, I think. You could see Moldova ahead of Faroe Islands, not only with a good Moldovan campaign, but perhaps if Faroe Islands put in a particularly weak campaign. Um, but in general,
0: I have to say Faroe Islands fourth
1: and Moldova last.
0: Okay, well, I agree with you on that. And yeah, just like you, I think uh, Poland and Czech Republic could uh, exchange positions at the top, but neither slipping into third place. And uh, Faroe Islands and Moldova. Uh, same thing. They could exchange positions, but not rise up to third place. So uh, that's maybe what made it difficult for us to find a uh, find a hook here. Finally, I ask you: Have you seen anything, anything that we might have used as a hook? I think what
1: you mentioned them being a bit better in Euro campaigns might might lead to some surprises, but um,
0: but really, uh, it's a bit of a stretch in this one. I gotta be honest. <laughs> Okay, well, I do think the opening set of games uh, is a bit of a hook because it it pits the top two uh, or the the teams that we think are going to finish top two against each other and also the bottom two. So I don't know the results. uh, So I'm going to predict them here and then you're going to fill us in on what actually happened. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. So the first game was Czech Republic home to Poland.
0: Yeah. Gee, I mean, we've just given Poland the uh, edge in the group, and yet uh, I kind of see uh, Czech Republic winning here. Uh, I think I'm going to go 1-1 favoring Czech Republic here.
1: Uh, Czech Republic did pull out the win, uh, 3-1 over Poland. Uh, They were actually 2-0 up after three minutes um, and uh, 3-1. So, yeah, possibly, uh, you know, an edge to Czech Republic in that battle. All right, who got the goals there? Uh, Krejci, Kvanchara and Kuchta for Czech Republic and Szymanski for
0: Poland. Uh, okay, uh, well the next one is Moldova and uh, Faroe Islands so this uh, uh, may um, uh, dictate what's gonna happen between them. Um, we have said uh, Faroe Islands uh, have a better chance of finishing ahead of Moldova so I think a draw is possible. But I just think at home Moldova is going to beat Faroe Islands. I'm going to go 2-1 Moldova here. Well, this is probably Moldova's best chance for for
1: points. Um, It was a 1-1 draw, um, but for Moldova it was a salvage draw. Their equalizer coming on an 87th minute penalty. Wow.
0: Okay, well that definitely gives Faroe Islands the edge in that battle. And uh, we move to the second set against Moldova versus Czech Republic. Uh, I think in the past, Moldova might have had a chance of getting something out of this game. They they were a bit of a spoiler team, uh, or have been at times, but not now. I'm going to say 2 nothing Czech Republic.
1: Uh, it was actually a nil-nil draw. Ooh. Um, so Czech Republic um, unable to follow up on their, uh, their great first result with Poland, dropping points um, to Moldova, which maybe
0: swings things back in Poland's favor. We'll see. Yeah, definitely a bit of a lapse there by Czech Republic or perhaps uh, Moldova finding uh, a bit of that old form. Uh, I wonder if Poland can do the same thing uh, or or Albania can do the same thing in Poland. Um, So uh, I didn't really think Albania would be able to challenge the top uh, teams and certainly in Poland I don't think they'll be able to so I'm going to go with 2 nothing Poland here uh, it was one nothing Poland so Albania competitive but
1: uh, not enough to take any points all right so where does that leave us in the table it leaves us Czech Republic four points Poland three Moldova
0: two Faroe
1: Islands one Albanian nothing yeah so, uh, two- Faroe Islands
0: and Albania have only
1: played one game each
0: right okay and moldova uh two draws which is uh, i think better than we predicted
1: yeah though the draw at home with faroe islands might be disappointing for them
0: yeah that's true that's true uh okay well the next set of games are in there on june 17th and i'm gonna let you predict what you think is gonna happen here we begin with albania at home to moldova i'm gonna say
1: albania solidify their 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 uh kind of middle of the pack spot where we see them third out of five with a, a 2 nothing win over Moldova.
0: Right. I think uh, Moldova's result at home against Czech Republic was great, but uh, to me that uh, that doesn't mean that they would get anything out of this game. I agree, 2 nothing Albania. And we also have Faroe Islands playing at home to Czech Republic. Uh, we've talked about Faroe Islands at times having a very respectable goals against
1: average. I think they'll be quite competitive in this game. Um, but I think Czech Republic will be desperate to bounce back and will do so. I'm going to say 2-1 Czech Republic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Czech Republic will be uh, nervous about dropping points here. And Faroe Island uh, can surprise at home. Um, I'm tempted to see a tie as a possibility, but not really. But a uh, good point about the goals against. Uh, I'm going to agree with uh, one nothing Faroe Islands there. All right. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of this media cast, and so uh, we will uh, be back for Group F. Oh, no, what what is this? Group C? We'll be back for Group D? Nope, we are on Group E. It'll be Group F. <laughs> I'm all sorts of confused. Anyway, stay tuned at the end. We have a section on our upcoming, current, and past uh, media casts. And good talking to you about this, Connor. We'll see you next time for Group S. Group S, see you then. All right, we'll finish the podcast today with a look back on what we have covered until now, with a particular focus on which media casts are still relevant. Uh, Following that, no wait, prior to that, We're going to look at what is upcoming over the rest of the year, because I think that uh, may be of more interest. So uh, we'll put a graphic up with all of this information, both uh, past, current and present, on the YouTube version. And we'll also include it in the show notes. So um, let's take a look at upcoming series. So right now we're on series 14. And i'll give a bit more information about that too but series 15 will be a shorter version of series 14 the uh, 2024 euro qualifying series so rather than the detailed history uh, it'll have a short summary of each team in the group and a section on their recent form so from there uh part three of series 14 uh, will be the same in both the short and long series. That's a comparison of teams through rankings, odds, and head-to-head records, as well as Kevin O'Connor's discussion, and ending with a review of the first two sets of games that were played in March 2023. Uh, after this uh, Euro 2024 qualifying, 16 and 17 series 16 and 17 will be a preview of the 2023 Gold Cup, Uh, That tournament is set to start on June twenty fourth, 2023, so we plan to put out uh, those podcasts or those media casts in late May or early June. So Series 16 will focus on the groups and teams, and Series 17 will focus on the players of each team. Uh, Qualification is actually taking place through the CONCACAF Nations League currently. Uh, but we don't intend to do a series on qualification for the CompuCast Gold Cup there. Uh, during the summer, we are planning a series on uh, CONMEBOL, that's uh, South American World Cup 2026 qualifying. That begins in September 2023. Uh, we also may get an early start on Asian Cup 2023, uh, although that's due to start uh, later in January 2024. Uh, In the fall, we're gonna preview the early rounds of AFC World Cup 2026 qualifying. Uh, That'll take place in October and November, so we'll do it uh, prior to that. And this will actually give us a first look at some of the weaker teams in the Asian region, which we haven't covered uh, yet. Uh, Also, we will preview the 2023 African Cup. Uh, It is called that even though it's due to start in January 2024 so those are the upcoming series and now let's take a look at our current series so the current media cast we call it a media cast because it's available with visuals on youtube and it's available as a podcast Uh, and you can find it on most podcast catchers or on our website at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. we'll also put up a graphic uh, uh, with that on it Um, So the current series is Series 14 and that's a preview of the groups in Euro 2024 qualifying and this gives us a chance to get to know teams that uh, don't often make it to the tournaments. So it features a deep dive into the Euro Cup qualifying histories of the team and uh, we started actually after the first round of games in March 2023 to make it a bit more interesting. So, as uh, mentioned, we'll follow that with uh, Series 15. That's a shortened version of Euro 2024 qualifying, because um, some members of the audience don't want such a deep dive. Now, let's look back at our previous account series, and these are still relevant to various degrees, and, uh, well, they tend to be relevant uh, in reverse order, so we'll actually kind of go uh, backwards in time here. So series 10 to 13 were all based on the 2022 World Cup. Series 10 was an eight part uh, group by group preview of the 14 groups in the tournament. It featured a deep dive into the World Cup finals history of each team. Series 11 was a 32 part uh, team by uh, team preview of players in World Cup 2022. So we didn't know at the time which players would be selected, so we went through uh, the candidates for each position and gave information about them. So that'll still be relevant for a lot of the teams. Uh, Series 12 actually featured uh, shortened versions of each of Series 10 and 11, so a shorter version on the teams and on the players. And then Series 13 was a 25-part review or a update of the team by team uh, players podcast. And it was published after the teams had selected their squads for the finals. So it went through the candidates that we had discussed in series 11 and introduced any new players that made it to the final squad. Unfortunate, we, we, unfortunately, we ran out of time before finishing all 32 teams. And I particularly regret that in the case of Ghana, because they brought a lot of new players in that were not considered in our Series eleven preview uh, of the Ghana players. Anyway, these World Cup podcasts, especially the player ones, are still relevant because the squads haven't changed that much. Uh, We we will be doing future player podcasts before each major tournament. So uh, going back before that, Series nine is actually probably the most relevant. It was a 12-part preview of the uh, African Cup 2023 qualifying groups and um, it's still called African Cup 2023. It was originally set to take place that year or this year, I should say, but now it's been moved to January 2024. Um, so qualification games were also postponed and uh, the qualification is still unfinished. So uh, as I said, that makes it uh, still quite relevant. Series 7 and 8 were both based on the 2021 African Cup which took place in January 2022. Uh, That's good for a look at some of the smaller African teams who made it to the Expanded Cup. Uh, Series 7 was a six-part overview of the teams in African Cup 2021 uh, or in 2022. It's confusing. (laughs) It's still called African Cup 2021 but it took place in in January 2022. Uh, While the overviews were repeated in Series 9, this did feature uh, feature a deep dive into the African Cup finals history of the participants. Um, Okay, uh, Series 8 was a 24-part team-by-team preview of the players for the African Cup. Uh, For the African teams that made the 2022 World Cup, Uh, The player podcasts will be updated, uh, but for the smaller teams, they won't be. So for many teams, it remains the uh, most relevant. And uh, it has soccer information that doesn't seem to exist uh, in other media accounts, as far as I know. Okay, uh, I'm moving back before that, Series 4 and 6 focused on the CONCACAF regions, specifically the eight-team final round of qualifying for the 2022 World Cup. Series 4 was an eight-part look at each team and their players in the final round, and it featured a deep dive into each team's World Cup qualification history. It also had a team-by-team preview of the players uh, in CONCACAF there, uh, it really should have been a separate series number, to be honest. But nevertheless, the current players on the squad were examined uh, for each of the eight teams. Uh, series 6 was a mid-round update of that CONCACAF uh, 2022 World Cup qualifying campaign. So uh, Series 4 and 6 kind of go together. Okay, Series 5, that's in between the two CONCACAF series. Um, was a preview of the Asian uh, World Cup qualifying final round. So this was just a two-part series on each of the 16 groups that made it to the final round of World Cup qualifying in the Asian region. So this remains relevant for all Asian teams that didn't reach the World Cup, but for Iran, Japan, South Korea and Saudi Arabia as series 10 uh, in their World Cup introduction is more current series three was a four-part preview for the groups for gold cup 2021 in the concaf region and this remains relevant for some of the smaller teams in the tournament but again those who participated in the world cup um uh, were updated um after that series two uh, was a two-part preview of the groups for Copa America 2021 in the South American region. So that again remains relevant for the smaller teams in the region, but the teams that made the World Cup were updated in Series 10. And our first series uh, was a preview of the 2020 Euro Cup played in 2021. Again, uh, teams that reached the 2022 World Cup were updated there. and it, it did feature a deep dive into uh, Euro Cup Finals history, so um, uh, again, for the smaller teams that uh, we haven't covered since, it remains relevant. Okay, I think that brings us to the end, so uh, keep your eye out for the graphics on the show notes or uh, on the YouTube And I hope to join us for the upcoming series and uh, even go back and review some of the old series until we update them again. Bye-bye.